0: Thanks for tuning in to NL Newsday on this Tuesday, July the 6th. Now, there was a meeting of the board for School District 73 last night. So, as always, following a board meeting, please to welcome to the program, chair of the board for School District 73, Rhonda Kershaw. Rhonda, how are you doing this afternoon?
1: I'm excellent. How are you, Jeff?
0: I'm doing well. Thanks so much for the time. And last board meeting that's on the schedule here for a little while, and you guys had a lot to go through, so let's uh, not waste any time the first thing that was discussed off the top, and this has been uh, something that hasn't gotten a ton of attention lately, but back at the beginning of, of 2021, a lot of talk about the dress code and what was happening there. A full review was was put underway, or I guess it was already underway, but this uh, concern about a NORCAM student really heightened the conversation. And now School District 73 has approved a new dress code that is going to be in effect district-wide, so not going to be on a school-by-school basis, which I think does make things a lot simpler. And also it seems to really open things up for students to kind of choose to be who they are in terms of their outfit. I mean, was there anything in this that you felt might be a little bit, um, um, you know, concerning or, or controversial? It seemed pretty straightforward to me, you know, um, basically teacher's not going to be allowed to arbitrarily make a decision on what's good and what's bad um, unless it's like something that applies to safety in the classroom. I know the example was given like if you're in a shop class and they ask you to wear a mask for your safety that's not something that you would have to get approval from administration to go towards but for the most part it seemed pretty straightforward otherwise.
1: Yeah, you know, I thought it was I thought it was very simple, really. Um, you know, we're we're letting students reflect their self-identity through their dress. Uh, we're not we're giving them the freedom to choose that, provided that it's within a safe and inclusive framework. Really, we've actually simplified it
0: mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> yeah, it seemed pretty simple, right? Basically, just don't wear anything that's like promoting um, anti discrimination of any kind, gang materials, uh, promotion of of drug and alcohol use. Outside of that, it seemed pretty much whatever you feel like you, it fits your style, you're you're permitted to wear.
1: Yeah, and that's really what we heard from our stakeholder group was that, um, you know, allow students to choose. And we had we had a wide-ranging stakeholder group. We had the District Parent Advisory Council, the Student Advisory Council, the Aboriginal Education Council. We had representatives from the SOGI uh, Society District and, and Student Diversity um, representatives. So really, they, that was what the message we heard loud and clear.
0: All right. Well, I I like that it was as simple as can be. And I think that all clear some things up for parents and students out there as well uh moving on because there's a lot to get through here so two weeks spring break i know uh there was a release that came out on friday from the school district talking about how uh the the vote from teachers union was approved 96 percent voting in favor of a two-week spring break i guess is this is this final is this for sure yet or are there any other steps that need to be taken before a two-week spring break becomes official in the camloops thompson school district
1: uh, so we do have to go through a consultation, a um, 30-day. Uh, essentially, it allows for the public to provide any commentary on the calendar. Um, I, so I wouldn't say that it's, it's, it's final, final. It still has to go through some process, but it has been approved within our collective agreement with the Countless Thompson Teachers Association. So that was a really important step. That was the step that's been missing for a long time.
0: Okay. Um, and I guess just for clarity on, on sort of what this means to the school calendar, an extra additional week of, of spring break, and in order to make up those school times that would be lost, you're basically tacking a, a few minutes on to to each day. I, I don't want to get too uh, specific because, you know, some some kids have a four-day school week, some kids have a five-day school week, so there's a little bit of variables that go within this, but essentially just adding a few minutes on to the school, school day each day in order to make up for that week off. That's correct, yep. All right. Very straightforward, nice and simple. We'll see what happens in the 30-day consultation process, and then uh, I guess it'll be official about one month from now. Is that the timeline?
1: That's right. Uh, Our consultation's open until August 6th, and uh, then we will uh, forward it to the Ministry of
0: Education for final approval. Perfect. All right. Continuing to roll through the agenda here, uh, the new catchment areas. So there's been a number of changes that have already been approved to certain areas in the city, but the one that was kind of up for the most discussion, I would say, was the Ralph Bell Marion Showing Juniper Ridge discussion because of the reopening of Ralph Bell. That changes things quite a bit compared to what was happening in other areas of the city. I'll, I'll read the changes that were approved because that's probably the easiest way to go about it. Uh, so the new Ralph Bell Elementary catchment includes Juniper West, west of Galore Drive, including future development areas in Juniper West, the trailside development in Juniper East, and the area west of Vickers Road, Rose Hill, and Sun Rivers. Uh, I don't know if there's another way to Can you explain it any clearer than that? You pretty much have to know the names of the cities and the subdivisions that we're talking about in order to fully grasp this. But, um, you know, is is there any there there was a lot of discussion about this. So was that that was kind of the initial proposal? Was there a lot of discussion about maybe looking at doing things differently than that before ultimately deciding on what was initially uh, put out there?
1: Uh, there was a lot of discussion. We had a lot of feedback on um, what Juniper Ridge could look like. So we looked at some different configurations, looking at a 6-7 uh, school there. Uh, there are some challenges with that um, in that it's the only, it would be the only one in the district, as well as uh, there is concern that transitioning that quickly into a school and out of a school, students wouldn't have the chance to connect with with their peers and and with adults in the building, which is really important. Um, But when it came down to the final decision, uh, we did make minor revisions to the boundary that was originally presented as part of the report. Uh, What we did was we included those um, areas of Juniper West that are are not yet built. Um, And that just allowed, you know, it, it was a fairly... Small number of students. I, I believe that Director McDonald said it was around 30 students, um, but it just allowed that you know those, the people that are in that neighborhood to, to stay there uh, as much as possible and and look at future development as as moving into this to the new neighborhood school, which is well will be a new neighborhood school.
0: Mm-hmm. So this all comes into place um, on September 2022. I guess, is there any advice for, for parents, students, families out there to try to prepare over this next year about any changes that might be coming?
1: Uh, Well, we'll have a a further process as we did uh, when we reopened uh, the new school in Westside. And so those students that will be transitioning through will have a chance to to have some input into what the school will look like. Uh, We'll look at that over the course of the year. Of course, that school, um, of course, has been closed for over 10 years now Mm -hmm. so there'll be significant revisions to it but we will be putting transition plans into place over the next year so we've got time to plan and and make this a really uh, a good transition and and a
0: and an excellent school. Yeah, and and just before we transition into the capital plan I was to discuss last night, just because, you know, Ralph Bell is reopening, does any, you know, capital work need to be done to that school? I know it's been run, um, daycares have been running out of there for some time. Uh, so is it kind of almost move in ready at this point or, or what has to take place between now and then to prepare Ralph Bell for uh, accepting students?
1: I'd definitely not move in ready. Uh, I don't know the specifics of what exactly will have to be done. That'll be determined, okay. uh, but we have assigned a budget of, of nearly a million dollars to, to doing that work. So definitely not move in ready. There is a significant amount of work to be done.
0: Okay. Well, we can have that conversation at a later date and I'm sure uh, the conversation involving what happens to those daycares will have to be held at some point, uh, whether it's with you or with them directly. I'll, I'll be having that at some point in the future. Okay. Capital plans. Um, I guess before I get into sort of some of the, the details here, you know, we're looking at new school projects, site acquisitions, school expansions, school replacements. What is there a way to determine what is actually the, the number one priority? Because there's, you know, a bunch of different lists here. Uh, is there one thing that you look at as this is something that needs to be done more than others? Is it, you know, the new, new schools completely or is it expansion? Like, is there a way to determine what is actually at the top of the list? And if, if yes, what is that? <laughs>
1: Well, really, the the Ministry of Education changed their, uh, their ask two years ago. And so they have split it into, as you say, new schools versus expansions versus replacements. I think really uh, for the board at this time, anything that increases our capacity for seats in the City of Kamloops at this point would be a welcome addition. Okay. Uh, they don't. Um, we don't have the ability to say that we would. We would prefer a new school over an expansion. The ministry somewhat decides that. But really, anything for us that would alleviate some of our space pressures would be welcome.
0: Okay. Um, I'll, I'll go through the new school priority projects. So, the number one new elementary school in Badge Heights. Number two, new secondary school in Aberdeen. Number three, new elementary school in Juniper Ridge West number four, new K-12 to school in Sun Peaks, and number five, new elementary school in Aberdeen East. I guess if you were to get all five of these projects, is there a timeline when, when we might see that? You know, I, I know there's always a whole bunch of variables in play here, but, you know, I guess optimally, is there a, a timeline where we could see the number five priority on that list be, be fulfilled?
1: We don't get to determine that timeline. Uh, you know, ideally... For us in the district, we know that all five of these schools will be required in the next 10 years to, to maintain our, our capacity at around 100%. Um, we, uh, the other school that, that actually, I should note, has sort of dropped off the list but doesn't exist yet, of course, is Pineview Valley. And the reason that it's not on the list is because it's considered as supported. Um, that will look to, you know, we're hoping to see that school into the system within four or five years hopefully four, really all of these are are, are required. Uh,
0: just one uh, school was put on the school expansion project list, that being Brocklehurst Middle School Edition. Um, I was surprised that there wasn't, I guess, more expansion projects on the table here. Is is that just uh, Brocklehurst just really in need of, of additional space compared to other places?
1: Yeah, when we look at school expansion projects, uh, part of what we look at is where they're located in the city whether or not the building that we would be attaching that expansion project to is is within a time frame that it's realistic to to not just request a replacement and um, whether there's space on the land and so the Brecklehurst middle school it fits that criteria and and none of the other ones that we require do most of our school stock within the district is is over the 50-year uh, time frame, and that, that's really—it's getting to be an old building at that point. Why would you? Ex- an old building that you know you're going to have to replace in the not too distant future. That's why we've moved them to school replacement projects.
0: Okay, okay. And then there's eight on that uh, school replacement project list. I mean, there's just a lot uh, of capital requests within SD 73. Is that like something that's being experienced in other districts in the province? Do you know if this is a, a unique problem to Kamloops or is this sort of a, a BC wide issue?
1: Kamloops uh, is definitely seeing an increase in enrollment within the city proper uh over and above what a lot of other districts are are seeing and we're seeing that citywide with within migration you know the real estate market is is booming also which (laughs) causes pressure on our schools so we definitely are seeing it I think more than a lot of other districts uh there are you know of course we hear about Surrey and Kelowna that are are experiencing the same but we're definitely up there in our in our growth rates
0: All right. Well, uh, Rhonda, I think I will leave it there for now. Lots to go over and a a lot of uh, information for for parents and families to dig through if they're interested in in sort of what those capital projects look like. And I'm sure I'll have a story on NL at some point, uh, RadioNL.com. But uh, I I think that's a a good description of what's going on for now. Anything else to add while I have you here? Because it was, uh, you know, another three hour meeting here last night.
1: I think that the the one sort of bittersweet uh, other piece that we did last mm-hmm. night is is we said goodbye to Secretary Treasurer Calvin Stretch mm-hmm. and to to assistant or to sorry to to Superintendent Sullivan. So when we come back for our meetings in August, we'll be looking at new leadership around the table, and uh, you know we're we're going to be very well served. We have. Uh, incoming superintendent, Dr. Rhonda Nixon, and we have incoming secretary treasurer, Trina Cassidy, uh, but that was, took up a big portion of our meeting last night also.
0: hmm for sure. Yeah, definitely uh, uh, worth a mention. I know uh, Dr. Sullivan there has had a, a heck of a 12-month period as he signed on to be the interim superintendent and uh, definitely want to thank him for for all he has done for us in the media here over the course of this past year. Hasn't been an easy one and hopefully things are a little simpler for uh, Rhonda Nixon here moving forward as she takes <laughs> over that superintendent's role. That's all I can do is hope right now, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But Rhonda, thanks as always for the time. Hopefully we don't have to talk too, too soon and... Uh, but. We'll chat soon enough. And thanks for the time today.
1: Thanks so much. You have a good day.
0: All right, there you go. Rhonda Kershaw, chair of the Calebs Thompson School Board.